0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is your host, Sue Barber, and I am beyond excited today to have a guest with me named Jenna Kinney. And let me read her bio first because she has a very impressive background, and I want to go through that with you first. So Jenna Kinney is a master certified insight coach and speaker that focuses on helping executives, managers, and key decision makers accelerate the trajectory of their leadership in their organizations. Utilizing distinctions, she works with clients by helping them see what is keeping them from being the leader they want to be and helps them dial in small shifts that change everything. Today, she works with clients in various capacities, whether in one-on-one coaching, groups, or helping teams in workshops. Before launching her coaching and consulting business, Jenna worked for 20 plus years in the specialty chemical sector with direct oversight in various senior marketing and sales roles, including an international assignment in Asia for over four years. While most of her experience was in the beauty sector, she also spent several years in the pharmaceutical and home care sectors. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sue. It's so great to be here. Thank oh, you. I'm so excited to have you and have this conversation with you. So obviously you had an amazing career. I'm curious, what was it like for you to work overseas? Thank you. And you know, it's funny.
1: Sometimes I look back on this career and I'm like, did that really happen? To me? <laughs> 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 and and I have to say, it was it was such a great opportunity to be overseas, both personally and professionally. Um, it was it was, you know, when I told people I was going to be moving halfway around the world with a nine month old and a two year old, they thought I was crazy. And I have to admit. <laughs> 15 hours into that 25-hour flight and commute, I was wondering the same thing. And and sure enough, mm-hmm. um, maybe I was. But really, it was such a great opportunity for learning. Um, of course, I worked with people, you know, all different kinds of people, different cultures. I had team members that... Um, I was working in a matrix structure for the first time, team members in all different types of countries, cultures, understanding of the English language. So it really grew me and I got to take a look a lot at my own visibility. Sue, so in, in terms of preparing for this, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had your book back then because <laughs> that, that role probably would have been a little bit easier for me. Uh, but it just required a different level of leadership a different level of visibility, of course, working in a matrix structure. And like I said, I I didn't always do it as well as I could have. Um, And it was just a lot of hands-on learning. So it was something that I
0: really appreciated in my career. Yeah, I had a lot of opportunities to travel overseas, and I just found your perspective just changes because you are seeing things that are different. And, um, you know, they're just people, right? They're just like us. And trying to do the right things, and um, I don't know, I just found it was very introspective for me to be an observer of being in these different countries and seeing what they're doing. I just thought it was amazing. So, so excited you got to have that opportunity for you and your family. That's awesome.
1: Yes, and and you're exactly right. It shifted everything. And even though my husband wasn't working there, it shifted so much Mm -hmm. for him as well as he came back to his career when we came back to the States really an amazing opportunity. If you get the opportunity, listeners,
0: take it. You'll learn so much. (laughs) Go do it. Yes. And I think it brings you together closer as a family as well. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we both spent a lot of years in corporate before becoming coaches. What made you decide to leave corporate?
1: Yeah. Yeah there were so many reasons. I don't know that there's one reason, right? I mean, personally, I wanted to spend more time with my kids. So I was looking for opportunities in which I could, I could create some time to be with my kids. In my last role, I was traveling about 95% of the time that was going to drop significantly. Um, because I was, I was building a, a consumer care center here in the state of New Jersey, but, um, it was really challenging to be gone so much and to be so far away from, from my children, which were still pretty young at the time. Professionally, I was just looking for something different and something new, even though in hindsight, you know, I really think about my career as I did a lot of coaching in my career. So mm-hmm. so taking on my own business and, and becoming a coach I don't know. Was it really that different? But of course, running your own business is different, yes. and the way that you face the business, the way that you decide to to create new things in your business. I mean, just handling things like taxes, and you know, just thinking about all these things in a different way. Um, and and that excited me, and um, and so that's what I really loved about that opportunity to be able to step away and create something just brand new for myself.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And just thinking and listening to yourself, like, what is it that I kind of want out of my life? And especially when your kids are young, I think it just, it's really hard to be away that much. I can't even imagine traveling. I traveled a lot, but that not that much. So (laughs) I can't imagine how you would do that. So I definitely had my own experience of transitioning from corporate to becoming a coach and owning my own business. And I think you're right. I think it's Less about being a coach because we've done that, but it's more about how to run a business, how to start a business, how to market a business, how to sell, you know, what we're doing to other people and help them see the value in it. What was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, I, I wish I could say it was all rainbows and uniforms, <laughs> honestly. Um, and in many ways, it was, right? I mean, I had set myself up properly. I actually speak to a lot of coaches that are inspired by what I did, and, and they'll come back to me and say, Jenna, tell me how you did it. And I'm like, well, listen, the way that I did it isn't for everyone. Um, you know, I did create a nice runway for myself to give myself some space and time to be able to you know, grow my business before I, I really needed to um, contribute financially to my family. So that was really helpful and really useful to create that. Um, and I think for me, you know, I thrive a lot under the pressure. So, so that worked really well for me. Um, in fact, I think that was the only way that I knew how to do things. Since then, I've learned, you know, the the process of slowing down, of being with what is, and seeing that actually I don't really prefer to work in that space of of high pressure, thriving, grinding, striving. I, I love I love high pressure, but just not where I'm having to grind it out so much. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, overall, it was it was a really great transition. Again, I learned so much about myself how I show up in the world. I got to see um, so many things that I couldn't see when I was in corporate in my leadership roles about myself and I've created programs around that now. Um, And um, I just really love serving people, like really being with people, helping them see the same things and how they can create that in their lives. And so I think that's what really fuels fuels me even during the, the difficult times of running your own business. It's like, oh, I got to figure this out because I want to be able to continue to serve people in this way. Yeah.
0: I mean, I definitely, I feel like I had a bit of an identity crisis in some ways, just because I was so tied to craft and my credibility and identity were very much tied to them. And then now I'm standing on my own. And so I, just like you're talking about, like learning about yourself and figuring all that out took some time for me and, um, I'm glad I did it because I realized some things that were holding me back, you know, because I was relying on that. So it's, it's all learning all day long. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love that you
1: said that Sue, because I kind of forget about that part, right? (laughs) Because that was a really big thing for me. Um, I remember my coach at the time, I spent a weekend with my kids, um, and they had to call me successful coach that was the exercise. They couldn't call me mom. They couldn't call me anything else. Everybody had to call me successful coach because I, too, was really struggling with that identity crisis, right? I had spent so many years in corporate and sales and marketing types of roles, um, doing you know certain things. And then now all of a sudden I felt like I was all the way over here doing something new, even though one of the things, and I, I still see this coming up for me, seeing the similarities between what I do here versus what I did in corporate. I wanted to throw all of that corporate stuff away and forget about it. And I keep bringing it back into my business because it does really serve in the business to to see that, to see the similarities, to not throw away all of the experience that I've had and and what I bring and, and figuring out how to then work that into the coaching business. So I love that. And it was such a great exercise. I mean, I remember we were at a restaurant and my, my son was like, mom, and I wouldn't respond to him. And he's like, oh, successful coach. Successful. <laughs> and all these people like turned her and I was like, yes, you know, like, <laughs> no, emphatically. And all these people like turned around. They're like, what is going on over there? Oh <laughs> but it's just gosh. a really fun way to experience a new way of being a new identity.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a great exercise. I love coach. that. Oh my gosh. I've never, we've never yeah. talked about that. I love that. Isn't that, funny? <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that. Okay. So as coach, you probably have a set of ideal clients that you like to work with. Who are the people that you love to work with the most? Yeah, I mean, really,
1: it's people that are desiring change in their lives and and that are willing to do the work. Um, You know, realistically, I work with a lot of people in corporate, the people that I knew in the industry, people that I knew through other people in the industry. Those are the people that I work with. Um, But you know, what I'm what I'm seeing with, with people is that they're experiencing a lot of the things that I experienced. Unsure in their leadership, having challenges with their leadership, wanting the next thing, trying to figure out how they're going to do that, how they're going to get there. Um, also, I work with a lot of people that are kind of in the stage of their career that I was at, where I was really saying, like, I've given so much to my career and what's left for me in all of this. Like, where am I playing a role? Who am I in this? And so, um, you know, really helping, become, helping people become conscious to their own desires, their own inner callings, and helping them slow down to see what might be happening for them. And um, I just, I'm... I've, I've created a program that I'm launching in July called From Rat Race to Fun Run, which is all about this group of people that are saying to themselves, oh, my gosh, I'm doing all of this. I'm running around like crazy. I am in the rat race. And how can I make this more fun? How can I live for today and be more slowed down and more present to what is there for them that day and and not have to leave the race? Right. They can stay in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but figuring out ways for themselves in which they can make it more fun, like a fun one.
0: I love and I love the title. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. And it says exactly what you're gonna be talking about. So I love that. Uh so you mentioned some of the challenges that clients are facing, and um I was just curious like do you do something specific? Do you have specific frameworks that you use that you really leverage when you're coaching them or what, what is your approach?
1: Yeah. My approach is we work with what's showing up, right? Like, I mean, I've had so many clients where we've, we've worked together to create what the plan is going to be. And then something happens that derails the whole plan and, and we're on to plan B, sometimes plan <laughs> C or D. Yes. And um, you know, I, I have a recent potential client um, where we ended up, we were supposed to be talking about their leadership and their role and we ended up spending the entire time talking about her relationship with her partner because mm-hmm. that's what was coming up for her. That's where she felt like she was being held back. And when we can slow down, and, and you know, you ask about frameworks, the framework is so simple, right? It's it's slowing people down, helping them see what is what is present, really getting a better understanding about. Their beliefs, what they're seeing, how they're relating to what is happening, and then figuring out a plan forward. We, you know, sometimes some clients like to spend some time, like really digging into how they're relating to it, and and to me that can be important um, to really understand where it comes from and why you know, they're, they're like this, but to me, it's more important to get them moving forward and figuring out different ways forward. Um, you know, I work with senior leaders that are having problems relating to their peers, to their uh, direct reports. I work with leaders that are wanting the next role or, or are transitioning into the next role and having some challenges with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's every client is different, which is yeah. why I love this. Even though they show up looking seemingly the same, the <laughs> work is different on every call, which is, again, why I love this. I love cr- being creative and I get to be creative in, in, you know, how I help clients see things, how I help them, you know, understand how their actions can really create something new for
0: them. hmm well, you just have such a calming presence. You know, you're very calm to listen to. And I can see how it helps them slow down and really see the things that they may not see, right? The blind spots that they have. Um, but I love that you also brought up about the personal because that happens to me quite often as well with clients. And I always see them kind of hesitate, like, is it okay to talk about this? <laughs> like, yeah. You're one person, right? So yeah. let's talk about that and see because it may be showing up for you at work or your work stuff may be showing up at home. And I think it just helps you see the holistic view of that person and help them move past some of those challenges.
1: Absolutely. And the amount of clients that I talk to about sex is actually really crazy. I never thought this was going to occur for me. And yet it comes up quite often because they're, you know, challenged with, with different elements of this in their lives. And, Um, you know, I have a client that, um, when we first started working together, he showed up on several calls and I'm like, I don't know how to help you. And I finally told him, I'm like, listen, everything sounds great in your life. I don't know how to help you. And he's like, well, actually, I think I might be unhappy in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so we worked through that and, and he took a lot of action around that. But, you know, it's just, we just don't know how it's going to show up. So that's why I love the fact that I get to work with whatever is showing up. And that mm-hmm. framework works for everything that shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to just really slow down and, and work through that so
0: they can see what's, what's what and how they want to work with it. Yeah, I love that. So you and I have talked a lot because you have been tremendous and recommended my book to a lot of your clients. And I love you for that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, what were the things that they talked about? I'm just, I think it would help the audience understand a little bit more about the things that you were seeing that led you down the path of saying, I think you need to read Sue's book or follow the process. What were those things for you that you saw?
1: Well, first of all, Sue, thank you for writing the book. I know that writing a book is maybe not as easy as it maybe looks. Um, But um, for me, I, I think first and foremost, this book helped me see where I wasn't showing up and where I could take off my own visibility cloak, in in invisibility cloak. I was mm-hmm. being invisible, right? Mm-hmm. So where I could take off that cloak and, and become more visible even in my coaching. Um, and so for me, it created this vocabulary that didn't exist for me before. I mean, you know, when I was in corporate we had a lot of different things that we did for our employee development, right? I don't remember visibility being a, a, a checkbox on there, right? And so um, I think what struck me the most was was how much this book could have helped me in my career, first of all. And so, um, so that for me is is just paramount. I believed in my own way of working that my hard work would carry me wherever I needed to go. And I remember when I read your book and, and there was, um, that chart, uh, Har- the, the Harvey Coleman study. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had, I had to pause to remember the Harvey <laughs> Coleman study where it's like, your hard work only only will account for 10% of your career success. And I'm like, what? And I remember even pausing and saying, that can't be true. <laughs> that can't be true. I worked really hard and I had a great career. But what I saw was there, I had a lot of advocates that were helping me with my visibility within the organization, even though I wasn't doing it for myself as, as, mm-hmm. as well as I could have. Um, so when I share that, I mean, I share that with, almost every single one of my clients at some point in time in our conversation, because I, they, they have the same belief, right. And they get really Mm -hmm. frustrated because they're working so hard, taking on extra projects, doing the work, and it's not resulting in what they want to see in their own careers. And so um, to me, it just creates a conversation for them to say, oh, well, then what do I need to do, right? It, it allows for that slowing down and that understanding of how they're relating to, to this t- for them to be able to create something different. And I've had clients um, really be able to slow down and see that, you know, that, like they're really good at taking on projects, but they weren't really good at pulling people in to see the project work that they were doing, right? They were just head down, getting the project done, turning it in, <laughs> hoping to get all the visibility in the world and that it would carry them through, right? And so um, one of my clients, she was working on bringing in a new project and we just really slowed down and I was asking her all these questions. Okay, what are you gonna do you know, to, to help people see above you, two levels, three levels, four levels up, what you're doing, right? And what are you going to do with the people around you to get buy-in on the project and bring them in, you know? And so um, that was really cool for her to see. Like, she was like, wow, this is fantastic. (laughs) It helps create conversations, you know, I think you call it skip-level conversations. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, creating those conversations that may not exist. You know, I had a lot of... um, opportunity to have those conversations in the organizations I worked in. And not everyone has those opportunities. So to figure out ways to create that for yourself and and to then be able to show up in those, in those skip level conversations with, meaningful and powerful ways of talking about your projects and, and how you're, what you're doing to move things forward and to be able to ask really powerful questions to get a better understanding about the direction of the business. Right. And, and what these senior levels are seeing as important, you know, for, for the business growth and your growth personally, you know, and and there were also simple things such as um, I had one um, senior leader, talk about where she was sitting in um, like um, town hall types of meetings. She told me, she's like, oh yeah, I always sit in the back. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) what are you going to do to move up? You know, so she created a plan around that, what she was going to do to like physically fill the space, right? And to step into her own power, her own ownership around visibility. And so it's been really fun to watch people Think about this in a different way to create new ways of of doing things in the organization that they probably wouldn't have thought of otherwise.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, I didn't remember any management 101 leadership 101 class that talked about visibility. It seemed like this unwritten rule. That everybody else knew, and I somehow—I mean, I guess I knew it because I heard them talk about so and so needs more visibility. But I guess I thought I was doing the right things, and I wasn't in that camp, and until I was, and then uh, I had to deal with it. But I love that you helped her keep it simple, right? Like, what are you going to do to change where you're sitting in a town hall? Yeah. So simple, right? Yeah. Or having a skip level meeting. Those things are examples of really simple actions that you can start taking, and just changes how people see you.
1: Absolutely. Amazing.
0: And, and I mean, I think
1: Sue, one of the things that strikes me about what you just said is like, you had the gift of understanding that visibility was holding you back.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can, had a nice mentor who told yeah. me that, but yeah. yes,
1: but I mean, really <laughs> and then I had to but, figure out what to do with that. Right. Yeah. So.
0: But I mean, some people
1: don't get that. Right. True. And, and, True. um, I had a client um, just recently tell me that his leadership was telling him that he needed to be more strategic, right? And I think this is one of those other words, kind of like visibility where mm-hmm. it's like, what does this really mean? And, and so my client was like doing all this stuff and taking all this action, and he was still getting the feedback that he needs to be more strategic. And, and I finally said to him, I said, well, why don't you just ask what that means, right and then and then the the senior leader told him what it meant, and he was like, "Oh, it was like <laughs> more more um higher level questions in meetings, and meanwhile, he's like racking his brain trying to do all these other things that that weren't going to get him to where his leadership thought he needed to be in the way that they wanted to be strategic, so I think the same applies in terms of visibility. I think it's a great question." for us to be asking our senior leaders in performance reviews Mm -hmm. and other meetings like that, where we can really get a better understanding about this. And that's what I love about this. Again, it's like creating a whole new vocabulary Um, that just isn't really talked about that much in corporate organizations.
0: Love that. Well, thank you. And I thank you for all of the support and help on the book. You've just been amazing. And um, I know it's really going to make a difference for people. And just that example you just gave is let's keep things simple. Let's not overcomplicate them. And let's just find some simple actions that you can just be consistent and really intentional with that make a difference. And that's how people start to see something different about you. So that's amazing. I know that you have a great leadership transformation program that you work with a lot of leaders on. Can you share a little bit about that with the listeners so that they can understand what that program's about and what the outcomes are that people get from it?
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Sue. Um, It's, it's called transformational leadership and The thing that I really love about this program is it's modeled exactly after what I went through and some of the discoveries that I had about my own leadership. I mean, I was always part of, you know, senior leadership tracks in every organization that I was with. I had every bit of leadership training that I should have had. I should have been the best leader ever. And yet, (laughs) there were times when I was not showing up as a great leader, and so I really, when, when I became a coach, I started to take a look at that, right? What was holding me back? And it wasn't necessarily in the lens of leadership. It was just in life in general. And what I saw was this, this desire to get a pat on the head was driving some really bizarre behaviors mm-hmm. for me. And um, so when I thought about this leadership program and what I could create for people to model what I went through, what I saw in myself, how I was able to grow from that. I wanted to create a program where we don't come in and we don't talk about how to be a better listener, for example. I'm, I know that everyone coming to transformational leadership knows that they need to be a great leader. And what we start doing is we start taking a look at what is keeping them from being a good listener, right? So we're looking underneath this. They can They can Google... <laughs> How to be a better <laughs> listener and get all of the frameworks that they want and what's going to work for them. But again, the frameworks don't work if you're not understanding what is keeping you from mm-hmm. listening. And I had a client in transformational leadership once that showed up. Um, we had done some pre-work, and it was a it was a long video that they were they were asked to listen to. And um, the client showed up, and he said, um, "Yeah, actually, he didn't say much at all." And these are small groups. So when you're not speaking in my group, it's mm-hmm. obvious. So I actually called on this client and he said, yeah, I really didn't care for the video very much. And I was like, oh, okay, let's talk about that a little bit. And um, we had some conversation on the call, but then I he had he had messaged me about something else after the call the next day. And we we got on a call and we talked and I brought up what had happened in our program the night before. And I said, you know what? what was going on for you? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I just didn't really like the video. Didn't really connect with it. And I said, oh, and it was funny because two weeks ago we had just talked about listening. And I said, can I share with you what I see? And he said, yeah. And I said, I see because I had done some work with this client outside of transformational leadership. I could see that this, this video brushed up against his beliefs about people getting credit for something that he didn't believe that they should be getting credit for. And so I'm like, ooh, you know, this is what I see. I'm like, I bet you didn't listen to more than a half hour of this video because it it was making you angry inside. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And so I shared with him, I said, this is what we mean when we're talking about, you know, being able to listen, right? It's like understanding those triggers, what's coming up for you, and to be able to work through that to still be able to stay in the conversation, doing what you need to do in the moment to stay in the conversation. So it's such a great learning for him. And that's what we create there, right? It's like more calmness, more um, confidence in your leadership, because it's not about, oh my gosh, am I going to have the right thing to say? It's about I'm slowed down enough to understand what's happening for me so I know what Mm -hmm. to say. And if I screw it up, I can always go back and fix that. And so I think that brings just, I mean, I didn't really think that it was going to increase confidence for people as leaders, but that's the feedback that I constantly get because it just helps them get more in touch with themselves, slowing down again, understanding how they're relating to it, and then figuring out how they want to deal with it. So they can deal with whatever
0: is coming across their
1: plate Mm -hmm. as a leader.
0: You know, it reminds me, I'm running a program at a company for um, more, I would say, junior leaders, right? They're just going to become managers of people or they're, you know, taking on more responsibility. And every time, what's interesting to me is at the beginning, they talk about a lack of confidence, just like you mentioned, and then at the end, they talk about how their confidence has grown and all of that kind of stuff. And I realized at the end of that, that it was because we created a safe space. And I think that's what you're doing as well, where they could bring in challenges, they could bring in issues and know that no one's going to judge them for that. I'm not their manager. Right. And, you know, I right. can just help them find ways to take action differently, right? To be able to build that confidence. And I think you're doing the same with this program, which is is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. And Sue, if I could just add, because this is such an interesting dynamic that I've noticed time and time again after running this program. So we meet a few times and then we do a group coaching session where everybody brings a problem and we do Mm -hmm. some, some group coaching on it. And it's always after that group coaching program where I can see the group has really gelled. Before that, I see a lot of posturing, right? Like, we're yes. all there to be better leaders, but yet they're somehow afraid to let the guard down. And then after that group coaching program, they see, like, no matter what their background is, like, people from different industries with totally different backgrounds, they all have similar types of challenges and mm-hmm. issues. And... Um, I remember this last time I got a message from one of the clients. He was like, that was so impactful. That was amazing. It's we're really gelling as a group now. And I'm like, yeah. And so um, one of the things that I'm going to be doing in the, in the next group is moving that sooner
0: oh. in the
1: program, right? Because that's a really important element of, of bringing people together. And if that's the thing that's going to create that, then I want to create that earlier in the program so that we can maximize the impact over over the period of time.
0: Love that. Oh, that's great. So I know you mentioned your program you're running this summer. Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to share with the listeners?
1: No, between that and transformational leadership, I'll be (laughs) launching transformational leadership in October um, and and running that program for the first time. I mean, that's really it Mm -hmm. uh, for right now. And I, I have some things I'm working on in the back burner, but I'm not ready to, sh- to quite That's share. That's okay. Yet. We, I don't want um, you to
0: divulge any secrets yet. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 it's,
1: it's not about secrets. It's more about me figuring out what it really means. But I did some work on it this, this past weekend in um, my coaching school with a couple of people that are, it really got me excited. But um, I wouldn't imagine that launching until the fall.
0: Okay, awesome. So... What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you and meet you?
1: Yeah, they can definitely email me. Emailing me is the best way to reach me. And my email is J-E-N-A at dot com. So it's Jenna at com. Really easy. Just make sure you spell my Jenna with one in. I'm, I'm a little different <laughs> from the other Jennas out there. There aren't many of yes. us with one in.
0: <laughs> yeah, so totally. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure that's in the notes as well so that they can uh, find it easily. Well, thank you, Jenna, so much for being here. I loved our conversation. And I hope the listeners take away some great nuggets of advice that she has shared. If you're interested in her program, reach out to her. I know it's phenomenal. I know her as a person and a coach. And she has always taught me new things every time we talk. So I know you'll get the same from her. So now we're gonna go into what I call the rise up and be visible quick tips. And I ask every guest on the show these same questions. So I'm interested to get your responses. So fill in the blank. Visibility is... Imperative do what it takes to create it. Wow. Love that. Do you have advice or a tip that you could share with the listeners on what you have personally done to be visible? So I've
1: started asking myself the question every day as I'm taking off my invisibility cloak, um, if I were 5% more visible today, what would I be doing? Mm. And this question generates lots of different things, something as simple as reaching out to one person, maybe that I wanted to reach out to. It could be creating a post. Um, That's really vulnerable for me, like creating even like simple posts can feel difficult for me. Um, Or it could be creating a new program or, you know, creating a speaking engagement. So it can be small or big. And I love the, the variety that that question allows me to experience. That's awesome.
0: What's the one piece of leadership and career advice that you received that helped you the most? I think do it scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, you know, I mean,
1: it's kind of been the theme of of my career. I, every role that I took, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I ready for this? And and I just kind of jumped in and, and did it. Um, like to me, it's the only way to move through it. I, if i'm if I'm truly scared of something like let's say moving to Singapore for example um there will never likely be a time in my life when i when I just think about it and or just think try to think myself through it and that I'll suddenly not be scared. Mm-hmm. I just have to get into action,
0: start making the steps, start making the movement to be able to move it forward yeah that's great advice for sure, yeah, I think everybody can definitely take advantage of that and just take one small action today and it'll just i don't know for some reason it gives momentum and excitement and just like you talked about with your programs that you're working on i just think there's something about that gives you motivation which is amazing absolutely so what absolutely. books have you read recently that you love and would recommend so um i brought
1: them actually to oh, show sweet. <laughs> okay so oh, wait, the first so book is worried. um is slowing down unexpected ways to thrive as a female leader. And this is written by Sherry Welsh.
0: I love, I Sherry. love this book. I know her.
1: Yeah. Simple, <laughs> easy chapters. Um, I have, I'm actually sending this to my last leadership group. Um, I'm going to definitely get that. Okay. I didn't know she had written a that. a great okay, one. That's amazing. Great one. Yeah. And then another book that I'm in the middle of reading, you can see I've got my bookmark <laughs> here, my, my Target bookmark. I'm doing a promo for Target now. Um, a Woman's Guide to Power, and it's called Unbound. And this is by um, Kasia Urbaniak. Mm. I may We're not be pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, But this is all about getting in touch with, um, she. this is an interesting story. She was a professional dominatrix that used her dominatrix money to, um, go become a monk. And, um, in the book, it's all about how you can use your power, your internal and external when you're being internal or being external, how to utilize that to really create conversations and to be in, in relationship with conversation differently. And um, it has lots of exercises in it, lots of fun things to discover about yourself, um, and just a really interesting dynamic. I was going to say, just an
0: interesting story um, in general.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to be in a book club, we're calling the a book club, with a few women um, about this book because there's so much to unpack and and really... Be with in this book and i've I've actually recommended this book only reading the first three chapters to a few of my clients that that it's interesting in in at work they show up really in their power and in their personal relationships they show up very mm-hmm. not in their power and it's it creates a lot of imbalance in the way that they're seeing the world the way that they're seeing themselves so um Yeah, it's kind of a fun one. And again, with all of the exercises, you really get to unpack a lot of stuff there. That's amazing.
0: Oh, I love that. Thanks so much for being here, Jenna.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sue. It is such a pleasure. And thank you again for writing this book because I think the impact that it is going to have on the world is just going to be, it's going to have that huge ripple effect that that can really shift things. So thank you for doing that.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That's my hope. That is really my hope. So thank you for that. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.